The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. Does anyone know a thief in their life? Someone that is just so toxic and that's stealing from you your time and stealing from you just the precious moments of your life and making them toxic too? Well, I was cleaning out my file cabinet and came across an old journal that I was keeping to sort out my feelings about an ex-boyfriend. His name is James. I met James four years ago on a very popular online dating site. He messaged me and seemed so kind and friendly that I was interested in getting to know him. About a year prior, I had dated a young man who I met while walking God knows where, and he made a complete U-turn in his fancy golden Chrysler 300 to holler at me. I was so flattered by this that when he asked me out, I accepted right away. The entire date, he kept looking at my boobs instead of me at the restaurant, hardly making any eye contact at all. But because he had impressed me so much by making that U-turn, I decided to give him a chance. You see, at that time, I still feared God and did not know my self-worth. So for a man to make a U-turn for me meant to me that I was beautiful, desirable, and wanted, and that felt really, really good. So that's why I decided to give him a chance. Anyway, to make a long story short, that date was only one of two dates that he ever took me on. The man drank Heineken's like a fish. I mean, one case at a time in one sitting. He was mostly unreachable by phone. He never allowed me into his house. He only came to mine. He gave me some cockamamie story that he lived in his sister's house and that she and her husband were having severe marital problems. As a result, they did not allow him to have any house guests. I believe his stupid, his really stupid story and continued to date him anyway because I wanted to believe him. I wanted to believe that that was the truth. About one year into this relationship, I tired of his late night visits, his constant drinking and cruel comments about my weight, his tendency to to disappear for hours or days at a time, and weed smoking. So I told him that I was done and wanted out of our relationship. Well, that man would not take no for an answer. He sexually assaulted me on that day as my 15-year-old daughter cried for me at the other side of my bedroom door. When he was done raping me, he put on his pants and said, I'll be back tomorrow. As a result of this horrendous fiasco, I had to leave my home and my job because I felt so unsafe and afraid for myself and my daughter. I had to get an order of protection. Again, I went to a shelter for battered women. 
Soon after, I discovered that he had given me an incurable STI. My life shattered. Anyway, back to James. Because I met James on a very prestigious online dating app, I thought that he was single. I thought that I had an advantage in getting to know him and I could avoid a situation like the one that I had with my prior boyfriend because I can read his profile and take my time in getting to know him over the phone first. And then eventually, if I felt that it was a good match, we would go out. So after some time talking through the app, we exchanged phone numbers. He then asked me out. He seemed so nice that I accepted. We shared a common background. His family was from Peru. And so he took me to a Peruvian restaurant and things went great. I noticed that with the exception of one glass of sangria that I had, he drank the entire pitcher all by himself. When the bill came, he paid with a credit card. When it went through, he said, wow, I'm surprised that was approved with great relief. I found this odd yet chuckled at his reaction and something told me that I was dealing with a broke joke. But I didn't care about his financial status, only that he seemed so kind and affectionate. One day, I called his phone and a woman answered it. Who are you? She asked in anger. I'm James's girlfriend. Well, I'm his wife, she shouted at me. Ex-wife, I rebuttaled. James told me that there was a divorce, that he had divorced her and that they had two kids. Don't you ever call this number again or it's going to be me and you. You hear me? She shouted. I immediately hung up the phone. About 30 minutes later, James called to apologize. He said that that woman was not his wife, but his crazy ex-girlfriend. They lived together under the same roof in a house that they had purchased in Queens. But according to him, the situation was complicated due to the house and the kids. According to James, they were not married, but simply co-parenting and did not ha- and did not even share a bedroom. As naive as I was, I believed in his story. I wanted to believe in his story. So we continued dating. Soon I learned that he had a set of twins from an ex-wife that lived in New Jersey. They were 15 years old. Months later, I learned that he had another child through a failed old relationship. She was 13 years old. So five kids and three baby mamas. But I accepted him. As the relationship progressed, he'd come and spend every weekend with me. One weekend, he invited me to his mother's house. He was so, She was so kind and welcoming, and she even reinforced James's tragic living situation. That night, we had dinner on her deck. Jimmy drank like a fish. He was knocking them back left and right all night long. I was taken aback and said, Wow! How are you doing that? He chuckled. The next morning, he got up to use the restroom, took two steps, and fell to the ground in convulsions. He was having seizures due to alcohol withdrawal. There was blood everywhere, blood coming out of his mouth. The ambulance arrived and took him to the hospital. There, his mother told me to deny my relationship with him, to say that we were only friends. She said that he knew many people there 
who are always trying to get in his business. I believed her because I wanted to, even though that was odd. And I agreed that I would not let anyone know that I was his girlfriend, but just a friend. I learned that James was a regular at the hospital, for he was an alcoholic. Immediately, I took on a new role of care coordinator in his life, always making arrangements for his rehabilitation. We broke up and got back together twice before he finally left, well, not left, his ex-girlfriend left him for another man. The ex-girlfriend that he said wasn't his girlfriend, yeah, she left him for another man, and that brought him to tears. He crawled back crying to me over the affair and asked, and I asked him, well, weren't you cheating on her too with me? I exclaimed. He then apologized and promised that he was now a single man, and so I gave him one last chance. In his breakup, his house had to be sold. The children went off with their mother. James had nowhere to live, so I invited him to live with me. James moved in in 2017, but his drinking and his presence at my home, or should I say lack of presence in my home, was quite alarming. Every time he'd relapse, I'd arrange care for him. I would often nurse him back to health when he became ill from the alcohol poisoning. And as soon as he was better, he was out the door all over again. He worked and would arrive home from anywhere between 11 p.m. and 12 a.m. Mind you, he left the house at 6 o'clock in the morning every day. What job, what job could he have possibly had where he had to leave the house at 6 o'clock in the morning only to return home at midnight every single day. Something was up with that. But I wanted to believe that he was working, like he said. He came home only to sleep. He spent every weekend with his kids, and I say that in quotation marks. Because two years later, I kicked him out of the house because I found out that he actually spent every weekend with his second girlfriend. And perhaps the weekdays after work, he was spending it with his other side chicks. So I threw him out in November of 2019. Today, I was cleaning out my file cabinet and found an old journal regarding James. So allow me to share a bit. This is dated July 5th, 2019. Last night, James miraculously returned home at 8 p.m. He fell asleep one hour and 30 minutes after arriving. The time in between, we spent having a very uncomfortable discussion. I told James that I am tired of receiving his leftover crumbs and scraps. I told him that he arrives late from work every day, then spends the entire weekend with his mother and his children. How he, how he never makes time for our relationship. I told him that he used to speak of marriage and asked me to listen to a song that he had picked out as our wedding song. Now he does not talk of marriage and he angers whenever I bring up the topic. Almost immediately, he stated that he was that I was pressuring him and this kind of pressure can lead him right to a, a, a relapse. He said that he stated 
from the beginning that he didn't care for marriage. Well, I didn't get confused about his intentions for nothing. He often asked me to introduce him as my fiancé. He told me that he wanted to marry me and even picked out a wedding song for us. James asked if he was sober when he said these things because he does not remember. He said that he does not want to marry me. His reason was, I don't know. He then ended by saying that if he ever does decide that he wants to marry, he would consider me. What? No, thank you. At this point, I realized that clearly I was wasting my time. We want different things. James tried to please me by saying that I can meet his twins once they turn 18 next month, but not before then, and I cannot meet his younger children, probably not until they turn 18 too. His younger children are 5 and 12. He also has a 14-year-old that he does not get to see much. Sadly, I see no future with James. I love him, but this isn't going to work out. I learn in life, I've learned in life, that through is the only way out. I said, through is the only way out. I had to go through this relationship and through the pain. I grew through this pain in this phase of my life where I allowed any man to treat me in any way. I am very grateful for this lesson that I have learned because now I know that I'm a child of God and I would never, never allow any man to treat me in this kind of way. He would never have the opportunity to do so, not anymore. And as far as going through, through is the only way out. And that applies to my situation with breast cancer. I had to go through this season of my life. And in the process, there was a lot of pain and growth. It was almost as if I were in a cocoon, changing and growing through this whole situation. But guess what, my friends? Today, I can tell you that I am cancer-free. I am cancer-free, praise God, and glory be to God. Because I went through this, and now I am past this. And now it's time for talking to my doctors about reconstructive surgery. And that is coming up very soon. And so I'm very grateful for the lessons that I have learned in my life. And I'm very grateful for you who listen to me, who hear my words, who take the time to care about what I have to say. Thank you so much and God bless you. May God always bless you in everything you do and that he favor you in everything, in every way. Take care.